Military training can get boring, especially when it involves sitting in a room and watching a PowerPoint slide deck. The Air Force is trying to change that. Air Mobility Command is using virtual reality to teach airmen about sexual assault and harassment. Federal News Network Scott Mossione spoke with Air Mobility Command's Sexual Assault Prevention and Response Program Manager, Carmen Schott. Yes, this this first module that we're doing is for all airmen and all um, DOD Air Force civilians. So and, and leaders. It's for it's for all ranks and, and all sizes. And, and what the goal is of this training really for me is to um, create an immersive, engaging um, training where airmen are not on their cell phones. They're not zoning out. They're not texting. They're actually having to pay attention because when you're in the virtual realm, you are there and you have to be um, involved and you have to be present. And, you know, using uh, their voice to have to talk to an airman in need right in front of them puts them in that experience and helps increase um, skills and knowledge and abilities on how to answer some of these questions about the sexual assault program. So we really make it um, a dialogue between um, the airman and an actor who plays a victim of sexual assault that comes to this airman um, for help and resources. So throughout the, the experience, the 30 minutes, um, you know, airmen are learning um, about the reporting options, and that's the goal I really had with this first module. Is had you seen issues with retention before this? We have what's called DOX data, which is um, you know, uh, it's assessment data of different um, knowledge of different programs and the climate of a unit. And for many years, we see that airmen get confused on the difference the difference between restricted and unrestricted reporting. And so my goal is to make it very clear and to get data um, to show that this training is not just, you know, not that they like it. But, I mean, we want them to like it, and so far they have. And we want them to like it better than past training. But what I really want is to show that we've retained knowledge and that after they, they do this virtual reality experience, that they remember, oh, yeah, a restricted report, that can be private. That can be confidential. I can go to a SARC and do that. And, and really remember that and be able to remember themselves if they need it in the future and to also help other airmen that might approach them and, and be in need and make sure that they uh, keep the confidentiality of someone and let them have the, the choice on what kind of reporting options they want to do and increase their knowledge and skills of the, the resources um, available and the, and the basic SAPR you know, um, information that they need to know every year but we want to do it in, a, in, a, in an interactive way and really put them in a situation where they have to know what to say and know what to do. And uh, we do a pre- and post-test in the headset to gather their knowledge at the beginning of the experience on the SAPR program and then at the end to see if they're more comfortable and if they've retained some knowledge there. So that's what we're, we're really trying to do. Um, we've, we've rolled out um, so far our program at uh, JB Charleston, Joint Base Charleston, my sapper team out there um, is, is already setting up trainings to put more airmen through the headset. And we got about 95% of airmen um, prefer this training to pass sapper training of the past, which is really good. And, and, and about 95%, 96% were recommended the training uh, for other airmen in their unit. And we're getting ready to roll out at Little Rock Air Force Base in Arkansas in a couple weeks. And they will roll out there, and they're my two um, rollout pilot bases, and then um, see how it goes and, and just, you know, really get some uh, good data 
and some good feedback um, from the airmen that go through it. We do uh, Q&A sessions at the rollouts and, and get, um, you know, get their feedback. And so far it's been really positive. So I'm really looking forward to see um, what we can do with this in the future. So you've paired with a company called Moth and Flame to create this VR experience. Can you take us through what airmen will be going through, uh, you know, when they walk into this 30-minute course and exactly what makes it a virtual reality experience versus, you know, a regular training with someone standing there with a PowerPoint slide or whatever? Um, when they first get into the headset, they're going to be um, welcomed by our four-star commander, General Van Obost. Um, she she welcomes them to the experience we do um, our chief master sergeant as well of Air Mobility Command, um, you know, gives a disclaimer how, you know, this might be um, an intense situation, intense experience because it is so realistic just to give airmen um, that knowledge up front um, because we do um, recognize we might have survivors in the room, you know, that are going through this uh, training as well. And we want to make sure we're there to support them and that they can take the headset off at any time if they need to. But as they, as they get into the experience, they're going to meet a coach. Um, our coach for this experience, her name is Claire Russo. Uh, she is a um, former Marine, and she is a survivor of sexual assault. Um, her assault occurred uh, prior to the sexual assault response program even being in existence. It was back in 2004. And Claire has traveled, um, you know, for the Army um, Air Force, and I brought her out to be a speaker at a couple of the bases that I worked with years ago. So we kind of kept in touch through the years, and and um, I thought Claire would be the perfect coach for this experience um, because she um, can relate to being in the military and being a survivor and how it was before we had Sapper and then how many great resources we have now that the Air Force has. So she um, she meets you. She talks to you a little bit. She asks the airman, do you know where the Sapper office is? Um, you know, she kind of sets them up for the stage of the experience. And so once they get um, ready to go into the experience, they're going to learn about um, the airmen that they're going to be helping um, is new to the base. They are a sponsor. You know, in the Air Force, we, we call it a, a sponsorship program, which means, you know, um, someone's assigned to kind of support and help a new airman coming to the new location, you know, um, picking up from the airport, you know, helping them find a house, you know, um, apartments. So um, you're a sponsor for this airman, and the, the airman asked to meet with you um, in the break room at work. You know, they, they called you, and they seemed to be um, really wanting to talk. So you, you go into the break room, and you meet with this airman who you're sponsoring as a brand-new troop to the base, and they open up to you that something bad had happened and that they want to leave. And you have to walk through and try to figure out, number one, you know, what happened, enough information um, to get them to the right resource. And that's what we want to train airmen, not to not to have all the details, but just enough to be able to assist somebody in need. And that's where we um, have them talk to a real person in uniform sitting across from them. And it's very realistic. It's three, you know, it's virtual. You look around, you can see everything behind you on the floor. It's just very real. Um, it's really amazing, and, and their voice is there, and you're interacting with them like, you know, I would be with you across from a desk, you know, or a table. And so they go through this experience um, to try to get this airman to let them take them to the SAPR office, which is the Sexual Assault Prevention Response Office, so they can do a restricted report and, and get that help they need. And, uh, and that's how we end it. And then the coach comes back on 
we give them a few uh, key tips and, and kind of foot stops and information we really want them to remember from the training. And then we have them do an assessment of how more how much more comfortable they are having a difficult conversation and um, to test their knowledge of the reporting options as well as um, who's a mandated reporter and things like that. And so that that's really what we're doing in module one is just more of a generic uh, for the general airman to airman um, kind of experience for them to learn um, the basic training requirements, but also in an interactive way. Carmen Schott, Air Mobility Command Sexual Assault Prevention and Response Program Manager, speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Massioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the President and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin. And what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it. Um, From Sea to the C-Suite, fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but... Uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most 
was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Um, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell C-Stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters uh, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon, uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. 
It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is, is continuous, it's nonstop and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. And let's face it, sometimes a little extra help goes a really long way. That's what's so great about Care.com. They make it easier than ever to find local, experienced, and background-checked childcare to help manage your family's ever-changing needs and schedule. From nannies and babysitters to daycare centers and tutors, find help for long- or short-term support. Whether you need an after-school sitter or help with the homework, there's a large selection to choose from. And all caregivers who use Care.com are required to complete a background check before they're able to interact with families on the platform. It's so easy. Just go to care.com and post a job for caregivers to apply. You can search for qualified candidates, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, and send messages directly. You can even find other kinds of care, including housekeepers, dog walkers, and caregivers for seniors. Find care for all you love. Sign up now and see why over 3 million families use care.com. Visit care.com today. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now.